Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours, well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 214. I'm Schmitty. I'm Colin. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And we are joined this week uh, with our special friend from Stolen Droids East, Dr. Squishy. Greetings, everyone. I'm a special friend in more ways than one. He is so special. Not so much in Stop Eating the Paint Chips, but more we just really miss him. Um, Sweet. We are all recording here in person, except for Dr. Squishy, um, because we all just saw Age of Ultron. And it's these kind of things that bring geeks together to record podcasts, I guess. It's a lot of mayhem and destruction. Indeed. Uh, Before we get any further, let's... uh, Give a shout-out to our sponsors, our friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com, Radio KSCR, and iTunes, and everywhere else you can find us. And our wonderful friends over at 4814 Web Hosting. Those guys keep us in business, and we are not just saying that, they actually do. Because without them, we would be without a host, and you wouldn't be able to find us anywhere. So, if you need a good web host, check out 48-14.com. We don't have any feedback this week. Do we? Did you guys get any feedback? I could make something up. Oh, I never get any feedback. <laughs> um, well, yeah, okay. Let's jump jump right into it. <laughs> so, do we think this Marvel movie trend is going to continue, or you know? Well, I, I think we may need to establish a ground rule before we we get going. Uh, as you mentioned, in the last twenty four hours, we all have seen Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, this show is going to be going out on various platforms, either the Monday, somewhere between the Monday after and the Thursday after the big release, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah. So, will this be a spoiler discussion? No, no. We, we we cannot bring up spoilers. I think. I think. So we okay. can't talk about how Ultron is really Iron Man's dad. Yeah, I mean, well, and then he chops off Iron Man's hand. That was a shocker. Wait, wait, spoiler! Did you guys know that Darth Vader's Luke's father? Okay, so <laughs> too soon. Too that, soon that does limit a little. Oh, so we dang it. for for those of you listening at home, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, if you didn't want to be among the throng of people, we we will do our best to uh, limit spoilers. Some people just freak right the hell heck out about spoilers. Um, if you are one of those people, just stop listening, see the movie, and then come back. But uh, we'll do our best to keep it minimal. If you're one of those people, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Go watch Age of You Ultron. should have already watched it by now. I, I have a good everything. friend who's just, he's hes militant to the point of he does not watch movie trailers. Uh, he gets mad at people who post movie trailers on Facebook because sometimes they <laughs> autoplay and, heaven forbid, his precious eyes see three seconds of a movie. So some people are just goofy. But regardless, moving along. Moving along. Okay, so... This movie, I think, is the first of the Marvel movies that really requires you to have seen the other ones. A lot of the other ones can stand on their own pretty well. Yeah, most uh, of them. Yeah. You guys remember Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Well, who it, doesn't? It was sort of the culmination of Kevin Smith's View Us Universe shared movie universe thing. And on the director's commentary for it, he joked that he had gone into multiple meetings with Miramax and said, oh, yeah, no, 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 don't worry. The movie's going to stand on its own. People won't have had to see everything. No, no, yeah, it'll be fine. It, it, open for anybody. I guarantee you at several points in the last few years, Joss Whedon had meetings with Disney and Marvel where he said, oh, no, don't worry. You won't have had to see everything. We'll, we'll fill in the audience as we go. And, and then he walked out and just looked to his people and said, huh, I was lying in there. <laughs> there is zero world building 
Yeah. Um, Zero. It is expected that you know everything that's happened in the previous films. But at the same time, I, I would go out on a limb and say that if you hadn't, you could still watch this and have a good time. You may yeah. not know what's going on, but you I, could have a good time. Right. I don't think you need to know every single detail of everyone, but you've got to know who everybody is and how they're connected to everyone else. So if you haven't at least, connected to seen, yeah, yeah, so at least seen the other movies, you're going to be a little bit lost. Yeah, at this point, there is a lot of character development that's already taken place. And so jumping in, uh, it's it's nice to see kind of how the characters have grown between this Avengers movie and the previous. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of how those bonds have formed. There is only one thing, I think, that was a plot hole at the beginning. And I... I it's the big elephant in the room. And this isn't a spoiler because, guess what? The n- movie's name is The Avengers Age of Ultron, okay? So you know that, first off, the Avengers are going to be in it. And at the end of the last one, it was very much this, they've all gone their separate ways. If we need them again, we'll find them or they'll find us. And they'll know where everything is because that's what they do. And it, this one starts off with them acting as a team. Everything's well established. And you're kind of wondering, okay, but how? Because we've seen Captain America 2 since then. We've seen yeah. Thor 2. We've seen, you know, we, we've seen things happening. Sure. And you guys weren't there. <laughs> like, well, but it, well, it would have been really easy for them to waste waste the first 20 or 30 minutes of this movie kind of putting the, you know, that putting the band back together montage you know, finding everybody where they wandered off to, seeing their clips, bringing them all together, kind of like they did with the first, you know, half hour, 40 minutes of The Avengers. I, I think they just felt, you know what, we don't need to do that. The band, the, everybody's going to figure, yeah, sure, they're together. It's a team. That's that's what you expect. There is this unbelievably cool long shot right in the opening scene, right into the mother of all hero shot splash pages um, of the team. And they're just, they're a team. It's awesome from the get-go. And and there is actually build up into it um, in Agents of Shield. Uh, Agent Coulson does actually say that they're going to call the Avengers. Him and him and Agent Hill. But again, okay. that is that is one of those things. Let's be honest. I love Agents of Shield. I think it's gotten really really good recently. Uh, it didn't start off that great. It's still not my favorite uh, um, superhero TV show. Uh, that yeah. honor goes to the Flash. But it's no good. question. But let's be honest, how many people on average are watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and will have seen that episode? It usually pulls about a 1.5 yeah. rating. And there so. were a lot of people that were pulled away from it, you know, with the whole first season. And even part of the second season, it, it didn't really pull up that much. Yeah, I, I'm, but, I'm definitely one. I stopped watching fairly early on in the first season and for whatever reason just haven't gotten back to it, but... Yeah, and about the middle of, of season two, it does start picking up, and that's when it actually starts getting good and mm-hmm. eventually flows into Captain America. I, I will say this. Um, the last time a Marvel movie came out while Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was out was Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier. And that was a complete bombshell, not just in terms of how awesome it was as a movie, but how it was for the television production crew, because they didn't know what was going to be happening in the movie before the movie came out. Well, well, they did, but only like a week or two, and it really threw a lot of storylines on their head for the series. I mean, suddenly you had Hydra coming out of the woodwork. You had all this different stuff happening with Captain America and the um, those three hover carriers and uh, Fury dies and everything. And the entire TV series 
got thrown into complete disarray from it. They recovered, and I think they did a good job. But the problem was is that you watched, you either watched the TV show and it ruined the movie for you because you knew how it ended, or you watched the movie and it ruined that series finale for the TV show. Like, the two did not play very well. I thought they fit perfect together. Uh, they did their best they could, given their short production time uh, and, and knowledge. But if you were even a week late to go see Captain America, and you saw two S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes, then you know how the movie ended. Well, and that's part of the reason that I binged this week on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so that that didn't happen to me after going and seeing Age of Ultron, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. led quite nicely into Age of Ultron. Yeah, you can tell there was a lot more hand-in-hand yes, the, between the TV studio and the movie studio this time. Yes, there, it, it was much more cohesive. However, you know, there's still people who don't watch it who are going to be blindsided regardless. So, Well, I think there was also a feeling first season with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they weren't really sure if it was going to make it. So True. I don't I don't know how much they really cared about involving it as part of the MCU. Um, whereas this time around, the show is a little more established. It's found its audience. It's found its niche. So they know a bit better what they're doing this time. That's a good point. All in all, um, I think the thing we can take away from this movie, is it bigger than the first one? I'd say yes. Oh, no question. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to add that I, I want to give props to how they produced... Ultron as a character, uh, voiced by James Spader, they they went as far as to even match the facial expressions and mannerisms of James Spader. It was amazing. I I mean, the terrifying voice of of Spader put into a machine, and then even match the way he moves and acts. It it brought it to life. <clears throat> so it, it it made it it made it worth it. If I remember correctly, I think he did do performance capture on set for a, a good portion of shooting. I believe so it he was a, he was actually there on the set. And Andy Serkis, who was a small part as one of the, the side villains, uh, worked with Spader quite a bit on his his performance capture technique. So, isn't that amazing that the awesome perform uh, the uh, mocap performance was not Andy Serkis himself for like once? No. Like he actually got to be seen. Sure, yeah. And he was quite a good villain. I, I thought he was a cool character. I look forward to seeing more of him in the Black Panther movie. Uh, he played a character that, that has a long history with, with Panther uh, that will almost certainly be coming back. Yeah, most definitely. Now, um, we, we've we all kind of discussed it here, and Steve, I want Dr. Squishy, excuse me. Everyone knows his name. Let's be My honest. name's Steve, by the way. Howdy. <laughs> Your superhero identity has been ruined by me. I'm sorry. I, I do not technically have my doctorate yet. I am still about a year and a half away, so I, I am okay being called Mr. Thank you very much. Mr. Squishy. Mr. Squishy. Sounds Squishy like something out of like Reservoir Dogs. I haven't quite finished evil medical school yet, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just put his entire family at risk by, by doing uh, that, uh, Zook. Possibly, yes. But so, in many of the other Marvel movies, most of the other Marvel movies, there's always been these little in-jokes, these little blinking you miss it, these little tongue-in-cheek, these obscure characters or references that if you are not 100% into the comic book world, you're going to end up turning to your comic book buddy or wife or husband or whoever going, who were, who were they talking about? What was that referencing? And in this one, they, they did reference Wakanda briefly, mm-hmm. but otherwise, it was pretty self-contained. Well, I think they've done that better in Phase 2. They have a little more confidence in the world because even in Winter Soldier, 
there was a throwaway reference to Stephen Strange, but beyond that, pretty well stayed in its own world. Um, so I, I think they've gotten much better at doing what they do. These, these movies are, are factory produced at the highest level and marvelous products at that. But uh, they, Kevin Feige knows what he is doing. The guy running Marvel Studios. Yeah. So all in all, I think, uh, what is this, five votes up on this movie? Definitely. Absolutely. Oh, I, no I would say that I wish there was more vision. Uh, that might be a bit of a spoiler. If if you didn't know already, there's another Avenger added to the mix in this. That uh, Well, this is not a spoiler, but pretty much every hero in all of these movies comes to play in this one. And yeah, it's pretty basically. awesome. Yeah. And that was something I liked. I, in talking with my wife about the movie, she hasn't seen it yet. She asked if uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character or if uh, Natalie Portman was in it. And they weren't because they really just... This movie was all about the heroes. They didn't worry too much about the supporting cast, even the good cast. Uh, most of them didn't come back. If you couldn't shoot lasers or punch things really hard, you didn't have a whole lot to do, except for one of the characters who they expand on their backstory quite nicely and, and give them a whole lot to do. Uh, one of the characters that a lot of people complained didn't have much to do in the first Avengers movie. We can say it's Hawkeye. Okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's your show, so you can bring well, it up. And Hawkeye had, honest, he was a zombie had in the nothing first to do whatsoever in the first movie. He was there to get the funny syphilis and to move on. Uh, in this movie, you really get to see a lot from Jeremy Renner, some great comedy, some great action. You get to see more of his personal life and personality come out. Uh, and he openly recognizes, hey, I'm just a guy with a bow working alongside Captain America and a Thunder God. I know how worthless I am. There is that great line, and uh, again, this isn't a spoiler, but you should keep an ear out for it. Look, I have a bow and arrow. Nothing here makes sense. You go with it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, that was pretty awesome. Um, I don't know. We have 15 minutes here on Avengers. I think that's enough. Are we excited for the rest of Phase 3? Yeah. Or are we still on Phase 2? This is still Phase 2. This is Phase 2. Ant-Man will be the, the final movie of Phase 2, and then Captain America Civil War will be the first movie of Phase 3. And I, I want to talk about how we could possibly transition into Civil War, but I worry that doing so would contain a lot of spoilers for this one. You know, I will say this. I expected a lot more build-up for the transition into Civil War with this movie. And from the trailers, I thought I knew how it was going to play out. I thought that I was, you know, it, it was pretty cut and dry, in my opinion, from the trailers. Oh, wow, I was completely wrong. I, I, I have no clue at this point how they're going to transition into, into Civil War. Yeah, about 75% of the way through the movie, it feels like the, the, the Civil War is about to start at any minute. Uh, but then things sort of just wrap up quite neatly. Uh, in a way that I, I agree with you, Zoner. I'm not 100% sure how they're going to start you know, that civil war. In the comics, uh, we've talked about this on the Moving Picture Show a bunch of times, and I'm sure you guys have as well. The civil war started by a, a superhero registration act. U.S. government passed a law requiring all superheroes to register with the government, turn over their secret identities, and essentially become agents of the government. Uh, Iron Man was in favor of that because he felt that it was just the natural way things were going. Cap was very much against it because of, you know, freedom and I do what I want. Uh, and so a war broke out between the two. Had some pretty nasty consequences. 
Uh, Cap so, always throws the whole World War II thing in there. You know, that's his that's his trump card. Every time an argument comes up, well, this well, was like the Nazis, and I fought the Nazis, and you don't want to be a Nazi. It's really more. I mean, it's encapsulated in the first movie that he he's asked by uh, Stanley Tucci's character in the first Captain America if he wants to kill Nazis. And he says, just completely unironically, you know, I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies. You know, I don't like people pushing other people around. That That's more of what his thing is, you know. He's a good dude. Um, but but you're right. The way the movie wraps up, it almost feels like it would it better set up a new Avengers movie rather than a Captain America versus Iron Man movie. It was kind of weird. It felt like some last minute changes happened and after that last about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of get a feeling on the last uh, revisit of the script. Hold on, hold on. We got Spidey now. We got to redo this. Let's rethink this whole ending. Well, no, I disagree with you on that. I don't think it was a Spider-Man change. I, I honestly, I think it was a studio change that they... I think the studio is really hesitant to make Iron Man a villain. Um, and that's the problem they have doing the Civil War series, is that Iron Man was the villain. I mean, Civil War wrapped up about a year before Iron Man came out, the first movie. And at that time, a lot of comic fans hated Iron Man. You know, he had turned on Cap. He led to Cap dying in the comics. So it felt a little bit like the studio kind of wussed out in going full Empire Strikes Back uh, with with the end of Ultron. Uh, but I, I don't want to get to get into too much of it on this show. You know, we'll leave you some material on yours. Yeah, it, just to give you a heads up, uh, this show, as we've said, we're, we're avoiding a lot of spoilers. Uh, if you want to check out a more full-form discussion about the movie uh, on my show, The Moving Picture Show, next week we will be doing a full spoiler-filled version of a recap of Age of Ultron. That uh, show can be heard. Uh, when is that, Schmitty? Uh, Thursdays on Radio KSCR at 7 p.m. And Fridays, uh, 4 a.m. and 3 p.m. on KryptonRadio.com. Those are all Mountain Standard Times. And, of course, you can find it on StolenDroids.com. I'm so proud of you guys. We've been working on that cross-promotion. I'm so proud. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Blackberry Radio. <laughs> Or just shoot me an email, and I'll, I'll send you a live copy of the show. He will perform for you live. I will. Dance I, movie I monkey. Am, I'm pretty light on my feet for a fat guy. <laughs> they just called him a movie monkey. That was hilarious. We're best friends. I can say that. Exactly. Um, all right. Into some other movie news. Um, the Joker. We brought up this uh, last week's show. Um, I was not a fan. The tattooed image of the Joker. Um, if you looked at our Facebook page, who was it that posted that great picture of Ben Affleck as the tattooed Batman? <laughs> That'd be me. That was hilarious. <laughs> I loved that. I fight. I miss my mom and dad, and that is why I fight right on the forehead. I loved that. But um, it turns out, yeah, that may not be the way he actually looks. Evidently, it was a promotional image, or at least it's being billed now as a promotional image to celebrate the Joker's seventy-five years uh, in history, in comic history. I don't see it. I, I, I'm I not calling BS on this one per se. It could be what they were always intending. But there seems like a lot better way to celebrate, quote-unquote, this character than to have a new guy who technically hasn't even portrayed him yet 
completely ruin his image and have a whole bunch of things that aren't really, they're only kind of sort of associated with the Joker tattooed all over him. Yeah, I agree. If they were going for more of an anniversary image, it would have made sense to recreate some famous Joker pictures, you know, recreate the standing in the doorway shot from the killing joke, you know, recreate uh, one of the, the images from Dark Knight Returns or, um, you know, his version of the Jack Nicholson Joker, whatever. Do some type of an iconic recreation uh, as opposed to this being the new guy. Now, I, I actually would disagree with you. I loved it. Uh, I mean, I, I looked at him and he looked scary as hell. I mean, he looked like a juggalo. And I can't think of a whole lot of things that terrify me more than juggalos. Yeah. That being said, it, to me, it looks more like a fan of Joker that's I raiding around. Yeah. Know. It looks like some sure. guy who was like really high up in Joker's henchman list. Like he was the top of the HR list. Yeah. Serial killers don't get the tattoo uh, word damaged or serial killer. You know, they, they don't do that on their forehead. I kind of well, feel and like real people don't actually fly. Okay. So, I mean, if we're, we're, you can't apply the rules of logic to superhero movies. No, you can't, but he could be working at a Hot Topic, for all we know. Yeah, he yeah. looks like a Hot Topic employee. Uh, and you know, and wouldn't it, that, doesn't that terrify you also? Every time you go uh, by a Hot Topic, <laughs> don't you pucker up a little bit? Excellent point, excellent not, point. Not really, I actually go in there and shop, but usually it's got single ladies. They've got good geek tees. What? I go in there because they have excellent pop culture t-shirts. That's true, uh-huh. that's true. So does the internet. Yeah. Well, no, now, I, I talked about this on my internet. show last week. Uh, part of the reason why I loved it, it, really, it's twofold. One, it's different. This is a take on the Joker we haven't seen before. Whether it works, whether it doesn't, it's different. You know, he's not trying to be the Heath Ledger Joker, the Nicholson Joker, the Cesar Romero Joker. He's being a different version of the Joker. And, and another reason is that the Joker is largely a reflection, and villains in general, are reflections of the times that they come out of. You know, Nicholson was wearing a suit and a tie in the Tim Burton Batman. You know, the idea of corporate villainy and, you know, Gordon Gecko being a villain. Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker was an agent of anarchy. He was a terrorist. Uh, There are fan theories that he was actually a, excuse me, an Iraqi war vet. And uh, was returning with severe PTSD. Uh, You know, this Joker more, you know, more chaotic, um, angry, uh, youthful Joker raging against the system. You know, think about what the villains are of the time now, and you can find some pretty easy parallels. You, you just know, looking at this picture, that he really likes listening to the New Radicals. Yeah, possible. Which haven't had a hit single for 16 years. But what but will be very interesting... Kind of rage. Yeah. Uh, what Clown will be Posse. really interesting now, though, is to see how Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn pairs up because if she's the girlfriend of this joker that's gonna take harley quinn cosplay to a whole new level fair enough i my favorite comment someone uh, posted a tweet about it and uh, a lot of people responded about what the joker looks like uh one person actually commented this joker looks like every time he's on screen we're going to be hearing down with the sickness which is yeah, that's that's right up there. System of a Down is going to be playing every time he's on screen. One person photoshopped Jerry Seinfeld in, and uh, it actually was kind of scary how well it fit. It's become its own meme. <laughs> my, my coworker looked over my shoulder, saw that, and goes, what's the deal with prison food? <laughs> it was great. Um, I still am not a fan of this. 
uh, Squishy obviously is. I think I think that right there is a pretty good uh, poll sample of how everyone feels about it. Um, everyone is definitely on the fence or split about this. We want to know what everyone else's thoughts are. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Uh, moving forward um, out of Joker news, which should be its own genre. Joker news. We should do a new podcast about that. Should we show. just just every week talk about Joker? It'll well, you know, Joker is seventy five now. Yay, Jerry Robinson! Thank you for coming up with the best villain in comic books. <laughs> and that's a wrap. I'm not saying it's going to be a very long or successful podcast. Just it'll be out there. Um, okay, so. Remember how a couple of weeks ago I brought up that Apple obviously didn't have that large a number of Apple Watch? And so when they said, hey, we sold out, isn't that awesome? And then last week we confirmed that, yeah, the number of sellout, when they say they sold out, it was like half a fraction of that of an iPhone sellout. Well, it turns out they might be having problems even fulfilling that. So far, only 22% of their pre-orders have shipped. Um, that is not... That's nothing to sneeze at, okay? Um, or cough. Thank you, Schmidt. Yes. Um, You're welcome. But Apple is typically, I'll give them this, they're usually better at fulfilling orders. On many other launches, people will give them flack because some of their products have shipped with uh, little dead pixels or their screen is delaminating or battery issues. And they'll always fix those shortly after launch. Um, but they still make launch date. They still make their ship date. And that's kind of weird. So far, um, 33% are saying that they have an April delivery. Another 28% are getting a May delivery. 1% get a June delivery. And scarily enough, 38% have unknown delivery date. That is incredibly unusual for Apple. Typically, if you're one of the weirdos who sits in line for a week, who camps out on New York Street voluntarily just to get in line for an Apple Watch pre-order or to be first in the store, you get an Apple product. That's kind of... Isn't that a, like a law somewhere? Yeah, pretty much. Well, and they've also got manufacturing issues where it's looking like half of the, half of the devices that were going to be available for pre-order won't be because one of the key components no longer functions. I just... I truly believe, and this is not my Apple hate speaking, this is just me being rather analytical, I think they rushed this to market too fast. I think they didn't get the sensors on board, they didn't get the manufacturers on board, they didn't get the vendors or the app developers on board. Well, speaking of the sensors too, I saw something today, I think it was, the sensors actually may not work unless you're Caucasian. Oh yeah. So the Apple Watch is racist. <laughs> the uh, heartbeat sensor actually has a problem on dark toned skin, uh, which is kind of hilarious. Like, remember their eyesight camera that could uh, automatically track people, but only if you were white. Yeah. Or, or for me, if I, I have a mole right there where it would work, so maybe it wouldn't work on me either. So only if you're genetically pure. Right. Is that? <laughs> Awesome. We're right back into that. <laughs> we devolve so quickly into this every time. I'm the minority. I can get away with what, it. What does that say about us as individuals? I'm just saying, in 100 years, you're all going to look like me. And then your Apple Watch products aren't going to work at all. Well, in 100 years, we're all going to oh, be, yeah, be dead. We'll all be dead and rotting. So, yeah, we probably still will look, look like, like me, you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be mummified. And honestly, they do rush all their products. They, yes. they don't put a lot of thought in when they're doing production at all. Yeah, well, they, no, to, to, to be fair, they don't rush their products like, like Google does. 
Um, they do put a lot more thought into it than mo- most other manufacturers. But I, I think in, in this instance of the iWatch, they did want to get it out there sooner rather than later because they're, they're what, two years late to the game? So they, they feel like they have some makeup time. Well, and I've said this before. Apple has been using for years, they've been using their users as beta testers without telling them they're beta testers. Well, I mean, you look at... That's been Google, too, though. Well, Google labels it beta. I mean, how many years was Gmail in beta? But you look at Apple Maps. I mean, they've had, they've had quite a few missteps where they released a beta product and didn't tell people this is a beta product and then it blew up in their face. I'm uh, pretty sure that the new MacBook is a beta product because of their webcam. Yeah. Says the man who is currently using a MacBook. Hey, MacBook Pro Retina. I don't think that's There's beta. A difference. I don't think that's beta. I think that's just trolling everyone. <laughs> it's just a major troll. It is it's, the tro- it's, it's a the better m- webcam because it's made by Apple. It's a better webcam because it comes straight from 2003. <laughs> Which is in the future, I guess. Dr. Squishy and I used to be roommates, okay? We were roommates, and we all had computers, and we were all in our different rooms, and we were all networked using a 10 megabit hub I picked up at the thrift store secondhand, okay? It was so bad, it actually had a screw-in-type fuse that I had to replace a couple times because somehow our computers pulled too much current through it. And we had a better webcam back then than is on the current new MacBook. I still don't understand that. Though they're not the only ones who have uh, webcam problems. The new uh, Dell XPS 13 Schmitty showed us. Uh, its webcam is right above the escape key. So uh, if you're looking, if you're Skyping with someone who has a Dell XPS 13, you're getting a great shot of their uh, left hand all the time. You can tell if they uh, maintain their fingernails. That's going to be a really nice nostril shot. It's... It's it's kind of an unfortunate chest shot actually most of the time. But well, you sometimes like might that's not. a bad thing. It depends well, on who me. you're skyping with. Oh yeah, it's like wow, Zonner, you got nice boobs. That's there. terrible. Put on a shirt. But um, to be, it gives you this really kind of uncanny feeling that you have somehow tapped into an NSA hidden camera feed that you shouldn't be looking at, even if you know this person and you're in a hangouts. Uncanny or uncammy? Ah uh-huh, you're so punny. I'll shoot you later. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have some Windows news. Windows 10 has released some... Well, Microsoft has some re- released some pretty awesome news, I think, about Windows 10. They've released two new SDKs that will allow programmers to port over their apps into Windows. Uh, if you do that, it'll be then known as a universal app. And it's universal because it can take w- iOS apps and Android apps natively on Windows. Yeah, well... So what about BlackBerry apps, though? <laughs> BlackBerry apps are just Android apps that don't work. So yeah, they'll, they'll be pseudo-native. They, they do. They are offering these SDKs, one for iOS and two for Android. Um, they're they're giving an SDK for iOS developers so that they only have to change a couple lines of code to rework it for Windows 10. Um, and for Android developers, they're giving them both Java and C plus plus um, SDKs so that they only have to modify. A few things, uh, so it's not really a full port. They're just being able to modify the code a bit and get it to work on Windows 10. It's closer than most. I mean, yeah. right now, if I want to run an Android app on my computer, I have to use BlueStacks. Okay, um, America Mega Trends also has their own product called DuoS. It doesn't work. It's crap. Um, and I say that nicely. It just does not work at all. Uh, so BlueStacks is really all you have. And it doesn't matter 
how fast a computer you have, BlueStacks is limited. Uh, apps crash. They sometimes just don't work at all. It's a real crapshoot whether or not you're going to have a good experience or not. Not to mention if you have an app you're trying to run on it, run on it that that requires you to use multi-touch functionality. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't work. So the idea of ha- being able to, like you said, pseudo-natively run any Android app on your Windows machine is awesome. And currently there is no way short of a developer's kit to run an iOS app on your on your computer. And even if you did, it'd be running an emulation. Yeah. So this is just super cool because now I can finally play Clash of Clans at work. Yeah, the, the bigger question for this will be is Apple going to allow this for the iOS side? Um, we know that Android won't have a problem with this because they're already for interoperability with other frameworks, but Apple has come down on other emulators um, for for Windows with copyright laws. So I guess you know it, it'll take some time to see some blowback with this if iOS is against this. I don't know if Apple can do anything about it because once they port it, it's not their code anymore, and it's not an emulator. It's not emulating the Apple ecosystem. It's not emulating an iOS device. It is porting the code into something recognizable by Windows. True, except for if the developer is using the Objective-C with iOS, they're most likely also using Apple-specific SDKs in their code. And that part is copyrighted. So... Um, given that the developer is using 100% their own code and not any Apple SDKs, I don't see a problem with those. But How likely it, is that? I see your point. It's really yeah. unlikely. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still just thrilled, um, and for larger reasons, because the Windows tablets right now are just now coming down in price. They're workhorses. They can do just about everything. Like We could record this entire podcast on a Windows tablet comfortably. It would work. The only thing you can't do on a Windows tablet, are use all the fun apps and games you've gotten used to doing. Right? I mean, yeah. let's be honest. How would it be to have our mobile devices and not have any of the fun apps or any of the fun games we almost rely on, let's be honest? A Clash of Clans Village would suffer. Yes, it would suffer greatly. <laughs> so to be able to finally have these Ultrabooks or these convertibles or these tablets that can, sure, record a podcast, alter a video, um, record TV, use full-blown office, use full-blown Photoshop, and do Clash of Clans and Angry Birds and Where's My Water. That's a big selling point. Yeah, it is. Last question, though. Do we think anyone's going to use it? Because remember, I'm a huge proponent of Windows Media Center, which has been around since Windows XP, and it was probably the finest bit of consumer software ever. And no one knows about it. Like no one, so few people use it and know it that Microsoft actually stopped supporting it with Windows 8, yeah. even though it was better than Roku for years before Roku existed. It predates Plex. It predates Apple TV. It predates all of them. No one used it. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's apples and oranges because you're you're talking about a feature in Windows, whereas this is a feature for developers. So it this is up to the developers whether or not people are going to use it. If if Clash of Clans ports there, you know, takes the few lines of code and ports it over to Windows 10, of course people are going to download it. It's not something you have to enable or, or disable in Windows 10 for a consumer to download an app. Yeah, but if developers don't think users are going to use it, they're not going to develop for it. And if Microsoft doesn't think developers are going to develop for it, they'll eventually kill the project. That's true, too. But 
given that it's so easy to port it, developers would be dumb not to. You so. hear that, developers? <laughs> we have just spun for eight minutes to come back to the fact that don't be dumb, develop for Windows. <laughs> um, other developing news for Windows. <laughs> Schmitty has emphysema and has just died. I'm alive. I'll be back. It's like we mace you before every episode. It's like yeah. we just hit you with pepper spray just you know, to see how much fun this will be. It's <laughs> funny because like we can have normal conversations for hours and hours, and the second the mics turn on, all of a sudden he's got the bubonic plague. That's not true. I was coughing all the way through Age of Ultron. No, you weren't. <laughs> you, you didn't cough once. You just didn't notice it over all the explosions and stuff. That, that might be true, actually. <laughs> we just thought that was Schmitty's superpower. Maybe you should cut back to only one carton a day. <laughs> Stop what? rolling your own. <laughs> Schmitty, this wasn't a Michael Bay film. There wasn't that many explosions. <laughs> Good point. There were big robots, though. <laughs> this is true. Stop making me laugh. This will be the Michael Bay of all podcasts. Every time he coughs, an explosion happens just randomly. Okay, so, um, yeah, other Microsoft news. We've been talking about Project Spartan for a while. If you've missed it, Project Spartan is the code name for their new browser. And uh, I've been able to play with the beta build of it. It is pretty awesome. And uh, if they get everything working on it that they claim they're going to get working on it, and I stress the if, this may replace Chrome for me. This may replace all my browsers. The question has always been the name. And Project Spartan was obviously a call-out to Halo because they have Cortana, and we didn't know if they were going to keep it or not. I have said um, that they need to keep it a single-word name, an obscure reference that doesn't actually have anything to do with the Internet because that's where the best ones have. Firefox, Chrome, Opera, they're all just one-word buzzwords, right? Easily marketable, obviously recognizable, nothing really to do with a computer, Evidently, they were listening to this show or something, um, and they've renamed it Edge. Yeah. Because they like to copy Samsung. <laughs> well, They'll do better with it than Samsung will. Probably. Not, not that anyone would care, but Edge it is actually a reference to something on the Internet. For the past three or four years, Internet Explorer um, has been starting to get rid of the content type um, support in, in web pages uh, and calling it the Edge Mode. So that's actually a hint towards the fact that the Project Spartan or the new browser Edge will no longer support the content type in web pages. So they're trying to get all the developers to code up to spec from from day one. I like so. Edge mode. Yeah, it's like it's alpha mode. <laughs> it's edgy. Yeah. <laughs> to be well, honest, it's probably going to be the only browser I use. To download another browser still. <laughs> I'm just glad that they didn't really drastically redesign the the logo. Because, I mean, we still got to be able to tell our moms, okay, click Go on the, the big blue e. e. The big E. <laughs> Go for the blue E. It's okay. It, it yeah, click continue. on the big blue E, then go to chrome.com and download that. Yeah. But I've got be, like uh, 100 toolbars in here. Because they still are shipping Windows 10 with IE11. So there will be two blue E's now to click on. Is it the IE11 E or the Edge E? Yeah, click that, on the one with the assault rifle, Mom. That's going to break so many senior citizens' brains I when know. they're trying to email their I grandkids. Got two internets? Woo, this was an upgrade. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're, we're getting the signal from Dr. Squishy that he's going to be tapping out. Is that correct? Yeah. He's nodded off. 
He's he's waving, which makes for great audio. So we we will catch him later. Thanks for joining us, Doctor Squishy, uh, as we bore his brains out now with Google and, and Microsoft talk. Uh, speaking of, uh, Google has a new project here that I don't know if I trust, and I I, I really want your guys's take on this because there's a lot with google that i don't know if i trust as of late this is particularly um worrisome for me because they want to they want to buy your patent they want to buy your patent in the name of protecting your patent if they can buy it they can protect it for you so patent trolls can't come after you that's all fine and dandy, but isn't that kind of what patent trolls started out as? They were buying up a bunch of patents. Is that how it got started? Well, a bunch of people who didn't actually develop it, who didn't actually invent it, and who didn't actually have anything to do with it, bought the patent, and then were able to take it to court and litigate it. Now, I know Google is doing this in the name of protecting your patent, but really it's almost just semantics it's different from an actual patent troll well we've all heard the expression the road to hell is paved with good intentions i think google has a whole lot of good intentions but in five years in 10 years uh when the robot uprising has occurred when actual ultron comes yes and and google is no longer uh run by humans are those intentions still going to be good, or are we going to be looking at a Judgment Day situation with patents that they bought because, hey, we want to protect them? <laughs> I'll, I'll be the uh, Google advocate here. And oh, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I and couldn't have imagined that we, it would be We you. were waiting for you to weigh in. That's why we have all these pauses. I had to finish coughing first. But um, how many patents have been submitted and, and those inventions or... or um, products have never seen the light of day because people can't get the the funding or uh, you know or can't get past R and D. So I think Google is trying to, it, on top of protecting, they want to start getting a lot of these stuff out into the open. And but Google hasn't claimed that they're going to develop it for you. No, they haven't. But I'm I'm just they're I'm just, just they is, just want the, your patent. Yeah, it's almost so they of, can make it. It, well, yeah, but less legitimately so. It's it's much less, hey, that's a great idea. Why don't we help you develop it and make it a product? And much more, hey, that's a great idea. You're not going to use that, are you? Because I'll bet you we could. It's like if your patent is worth something, sell it. Like actually sell it, which is the whole point of a patent. Yeah. The entire point of a patent is not necessarily to keep other people from copying you. It is in a way. It's really more to protect your right to sell your idea. You hear that, Apple? And keep other people from going to market before you for your idea. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, from from the point of view of an inventor, though, um, when you have several things you want to patent and or, or have patented um, and you have never made the product – one one point could be that you know one issue this is the money but also you know maybe the patent was just something that you wanted to actually see in the in the real world because you know that's your passion and that just never got around at the time of of following it through i would as an inventor i would love to see google taking all my 
you know ideas and making them reality so yeah i don't know colin you're kind of quiet over there i can actually see what you're doing you're just like browsing web comics i'm actually browsing one of our other articles <laughs> well he's fine. reading ahead <laughs> he's smart i'm i'm getting on top of things here I don't know. Google benevolent overlord no, I, of the patents, or I I think that what they're doing is okay. I I think that if they're in it to help someone create a fantastic idea, then perfect. If they want it just to have the patent and try to make money of their own, then that's another thing. How would we be able to tell the difference? How would we be able to track it? Fast forward a year and see what they've done with them? I, I don't know. I don't know that a year is sure, is long enough time. We can't track it well enough through the U.S. patent system, <laughs> and that's actual public record. Well, and speaking of, I saw that our our wonderful senator uh, from Utah, Orrin Hatch, is trying to institute some sort of patent reform. So I don't know what all they're trying to do, but I imagine it's going to screw people out of a lot of money and a lot of rights because that's what the government does. That guy's what a if, putz. What if Google becomes the new patent database? That would be wonderful. Uh, I can't tell. We're, we're actually in person now, and I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. It must be the drugs. I can't, Just, I can't well, pull off sarcasm. Hashtag sarcasm. You look at how many apps get pulled. From the play from the Play Store, you look at how many videos get takedown notices on YouTube. Could you imagine just the absolute nightmare that would happen yeah. if Google was in charge of the patents? Yeah, I, well, more than that. I mean, oh my gosh. Okay, you know those dystopian futures that you always see in movies, where some corporation has gotten so big that they rule everything and you listen to their radio and you watch their tv and see their movies and buy their products and eat their food and drive their cars and you look at it and go man it could just never come to that that's just so weird that's so far out there it's almost comedic how far out there it is and um we're there dude until yeah you there's just, like six corporations you go to the grocery store and like everything is a subsidiary of like six or seven different companies well, i just schmitty's talking about that with the google patents maybe google should run the patent office scares the crap out of me because they're already a cellular provider a hardware provider a software provider a services provider web provider a now database provider car provider map provider and also they handle the patent system what could possibly go wrong absolutely nothing oh. <laughs> okay uh we've vamped enough um on to htc you remember their terrible ads right we have the rapping one from pm dawn from the guy from pm dawn rapping about how awesome the htc1 m8 was oh that's Straight right words dogs yeah um, i i forgot that pm dawn was so relevant yeah uh before that they had uh robert danny jr with uh oh what was it the uh hipster troll car wash I'm getting a lot of blank stares. I don't remember that one. I don't one. either. Oh, you need to look think, it up. Yeah. I think you're like making stuff up. No, now, there's Luke. Robert Downey Jr. saying, what does the HTC stand for anyway? Hipster troll car wash. Let's do it. And you have a whole bunch of trolls dressed as hipsters all washing a car. Yeah. Then you had, um, oh, geez, what's his bucket? Gary Oldman. Just going blah, 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 blah for like 45 seconds. That was the ad. I think I recall that And then one. him finally saying, it doesn't matter what I say because you're going to buy whatever phone you want. So I'll just sit here with my beautiful HTC One. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, that was well-spent money. 
I don't know. HTC's they've like sold phones, so maybe it wasn't all that foolish. Yeah, they haven't sold enough, obviously. Blackberry come- sold phones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nokia sold phones. <laughs> let's let's go into whole, who sold phones. Um, they've they've won up themselves though. <laughs> they have done the impossible and made a worse ad. Their new ad sounds like a pharmaceutical product. It's it's supposed to. It's if you actually want to have better phones or less depression based off of your phone, you need to take Celami. Okay. It sounds... <laughs> Be sure to let your partners know that you... Exactly. <laughs> if you have phone arousal for more than four hours, seek medical help. It sounds like a cross between uh, medication for imp- impotence and or suicide. Is, isn't phone arousal what those iPhone <laughs> fanboys get for like the two weeks leading up to the actual release? It, it's... Probably. I'm not one of them, okay? I have a fo- an iPhone. I am not one of those guys who's just like, oh, oh, oh. I, I, no. I, I just think it's awesome that we were talking about arousal, and I used the word release, and nobody caught it. Well, I was... I was waiting for for Colin to to kick back a little too violently, and and I, and I got it. Um, HTC has managed to insult people with actual bipolar disorder and seasonal affective disorder. They're sad, yeah. With this ad, I mean, it's just it, it, it's so bad. Oh, great! You you've given him the coughing fit. It's because I'm laughing too much. I'm trying to keep it all in. Zoner's not sad. It's sad because it's true. <laughs> I'm just a jerk. Yeah, what kind of medical diagnosis can we give you that spells out douche? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens every time we record together. Um, and even when we don't. It, it's just, who is at HTC making these ads? And why don't we see them on TV? Like, do they know they're so bad they don't air them? Is it BlackBerry's old marketing team by chance? <laughs> Be bold. Be bold with Selami. <laughs> oh, man. I just hate it when I when I have a flare-up that I need to have Selami for. There's an app for that. <laughs> This is going to devolve really fast into just all sorts of horribleness here, I'm afraid. So we should probably, like, go to our favorite. Talk about (laughs) other stuff. No, we got more. We got comic news. Oh, I see. We have one more comic headline. Which I would have liked to talk about, like, when we were talking about comic stuff, but whatever. That's okay. Full circle. We got to go, you know. We do. I'm not producing the show right now. The circle is now complete. (laughs) Iceman is gay. Yes, the the Iceman cometh out. (laughs) You know. Does this bother anybody? No. Does anybody even give a flying crap? No. Because I really... I feel really bad for Rogue now. Oh. Poor girl. We she never saw it coming. It. Well, we we kind of knew it with his hair in the, in those movies. Well, you know, I, as a kid, I liked Iceman. Oh, yeah. But as an adult, I really couldn't care less about the character. And, no. you know, I see this... I see this more as Marvel just wanting to get more publicity and look how inclusive we are and look how progressive we are. Yeah, and they're just trying to be and, more diversify and 
Is this a kickback from you know DC doing the new Fifty Two and being more edgy, and now now Marvel wants to jump on well, the bandwagon? On, okay, on one hand, on a very big hand, actually, a lot of comic book properties are being updated to show the modern um, demographics. Okay, you go back into like the Silver Age or the Golden Age of comics, and everyone's white. Everyone is white, straight, middle America. That's Everyone. because that's how it was back then. Of course. There, there weren't people of color. I know. Back 60 back in, years ago, it was all white people. I don't know where all the people of color Around came 1985, from. when the Vortex <laughs> opened up over North America and dropped all of us coloreds here, they had to completely redo the demographics. <laughs> was that the scene of Avengers? I yes. Okay. Yeah. When the Tesseract opened up <laughs> and dropped us all from Minorityville. Which is opposite Pleasantville and right next to Shelbyville. Um, I'm going to hell for this episode. I don't know why, but it reminded me of the the Tomorrowland trailer <laughs> when that when that girl just covers up that uh, the robot guy and sends him into a new world. Oh, Schmitty had to leave the room to die. <laughs> That's very, I think he's very crying cool. a little. That's you know, a, though, it's very courteous of him. <laughs> you know, it's interesting though because Brian Michael Bendis, and I don't know if I believe this or not, but he's he's, he's really dying. He is. He is. He's like turning red and um, looks like a beat. <laughs> Mr. Schmitty, I'm sorry your husband died while we just recorded a I'm, podcast around him. I'm actually having flashbacks to lunch with a vendor this week. He almost died at lunch with me. <laughs> he just... He just <laughs> we have to like switch off mics now. Okay, so anyway, all my horrible pandering aside, the truth of the matter is, back in the day, the comics industry was run entirely by one demographic and sold to only one demographic, they thought. Then the 60s come around, the 70s come around, we start getting characters like Black Panther. Yes, Black Panther meant a lot more during the 60s and 70s than a Wakandan king, and I can't Still believe... Still does. I can't believe they named someone... That, and I can't believe it actually got greenlit, and we have a movie coming out with that as the title. That's just still baffling to me. But that aside, it's happening again. There's another shift in demographics. A lot more people are identifying as gay, bi, lesbian, alternative lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. More and more people are identifying that way, and I think the comics are simply changing to reflect that. I don't think it's pandering per se. But it is kind of like in the 70s when all of a sudden you had a whole rush of black superheroes and characters. Well, and I, the thing that bothers me, I couldn't care less if they make characters gay. You know, as long as the character is cool, if the writing is good, if the story is good, I really don't care. There's a libertarian in me. I don't care what people do in the bedroom. But... I feel kind of like it makes you wonder how connected those statements are. How how far is that libertarian in you? <laughs> we don't care what you do in the bedroom either, Zoner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't go into that. So therefore, let me finish my thought, good sir. Um, so, anyways, you just totally dera- derailed my brain. On to the favorites. No, no. I, <laughs> I oh, I I feel like. 
I feel like Marvel is just really kind of forcing this out, saying, oh, look at us, look how cool we are. I mean, even Brian Michael Bendis, who wrote the story, said, I really didn't want this to be a huge publicity thing. He wasn't doing it for the publicity, but corporate people get a hold of it, and all of a sudden, it's about publicity, and that that's what really bothers me. Mm. It could have been worse. He could have been. It could have been revealed that he also had like secret illegal immigrant parents. Give it time. Yeah. Okay. That's that's true. Blue Beetle needs a new backstory. That can be it. <laughs> um, hey, before we go into our favorites, actually, we want to give a shout out to our friend um, Parker Pixels. They're the ones who did our headshots and did a lot of the photographs you see of us up on our Facebook page and on the About Us page of our site. And we're currently recording in their studio. Because it was kind of the happy halfway point between all of our homes and near the movie theater. If you've been uh, hearing uh, Schmitty die and hearing a strange squeaking sound, that's because he's dying on these plush leather chairs that uh, they've afforded us. This is probably our nicest recording studio we've ever had. Yeah, I'm reclined. Yeah. It's nice. It sounds like I'm farting whenever I move. I know. That's why I haven't been moving it's much. Terrible. I'm, I'm now. I'm now one with the chair. It has accepted me. <laughs> I will never leave. Uh, into our favorites. So, um, yes, Hawkeye was on uh, Jimmy Fallon this week, and he sings about his superpowers. Now you may be thinking, wait a minute, Hawkeye doesn't have superpowers, but he'd be quick to tell you how wrong you are. He has all sorts of superpowers. He gets free guacamole at Chipotle. He's able to get all, all number of things done. He can open pickle jars in only one try, uh, and he wants to tell you about it. Um, he can't sing. That's not one of his superpowers. That was kind of painful. Uh, he can. He can he's, sing better he's than us. He on tune pretty he well. He can sing better than us. That doesn't mean he can well, sing. Well, I wouldn't say better than all of us. Let's let's be honest here. You're a dancer. You're not a singer. Colin, Colin has mad skills. He's talking about I, got some, I got some skills. I was in an acapella group back in the day. Oh, so and what? Schmitty's got CDs out, man. I mean, we got some good good talent. Go Me? cry into your Glee Club trophy. Hey, anyway, Hawkeye Glee is Club. awesome. You should definitely check it out. That's my favorite. Uh, my favorite, um, I, I, yours came from the Jimmy Fallon. Fallon, right? Yeah, mine all, is also from the Jimmy Fallon show. He, he produces a lot of good stuff. Hey, guys. Schmitty's alive. Yeah. Oh, welcome oh, hey, back, Schmitty. Hey, how's it going? I'm actually just on the floor over here. <laughs> Are you breathing okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> You're not dying? He's finishing the show post-mortem. That's dedication. <laughs> Zombie Schmitty. Yeah, spirit Sh- Schmitty over here. <laughs> Okay, so mine is uh, my favorite is also from the Jimmy Fallon show. This is a I don't know if this is a new segment that they're doing, but it's called Nonsense Karaoke. He does this with Chris Pratt, um, and they do uh, they'll they'll sing karaoke to popular songs like Uptown Funk and Stay with Me, but they're changing the lyrics to nonsensical lyrics. Uh, it's it's pretty hilarious. You got to check it out. All right, and my favorite is um, if you haven't yet watched the new Avengers movie and want a quick refresher, uh, The Verge ended up putting out a 13-minute history of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. That'd be very handy for my wife. Indeed. Check it out. And if you've ever seen a Marvel movie, you have probably noticed Stan Lee showing up at some point in that movie. Uh, He was even in Daredevil, although... 
it was in photo form hanging on the wall of the police precinct. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler there. Sorry. Uh, but Stanley is a master cameo actor. He's and like a cameo ninja. He is. He is. And he is. He has started doing a cameo acting school. Uh, not really. It's actually just a commercial for Audi. But it is brilliant. Directed by Kevin Smith with some pretty cool cameos in it. So check it out. All right, that is our show this week. We are sorry. Uh, join us next week where we try and do better for you. Again, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. We don't check LO anymore. Or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Until next time, cheers. End of the line. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.